Would you turn this morning again to the book of Mark, the 11th chapter? We've been in Mark 11 on this series for a few days now, a few weeks, I should say, and we're going to continue. Is that okay with you? Don't feel like we're quite through. Mark 11, Jesus had spoken to the fig tree. He spoke to trees, winds, waves, sicknesses, fevers, right? And they obeyed him. And he's our example, isn't he? Are we to do what he did? Yes, we are. And he said, you know, when they saw what happened... They came back and said, uh, Master, behold, the fig tree that you've cursed, look how quickly it withered away. And he took that opportunity to teach them. And he did not say what a lot of theologians imply. If what a lot of preachers and believers, so-called, say was true, then he'd have said, well, yeah, I can do that. That's speaking to the fig tree and You know, I can do that because I'm Jesus. But don't try this at home. Don't you try it. You know, you're just a sinner saved by grace. That's not what he said. What did he say? Verse 22, what did he say to them? They're marveling about what has happened. What did he say? Who's the understood subject here? You... Have faith in God. Now what do you know already? What's he telling them? You can already see an implication that you can do this too. Man, that excites me just to say this. You can do this too. In fact, Matthew says it that way. Hold your place here and go to Matthew. We've quoted it several times. But go back to Matthew. Hold your place there in Mark. We're not done there. Matthew 21, I believe it is. Matthew's account of the same happening. Matthew 21, 20, 21, 20. When the disciples saw it, they saw how the fig tree had withered away. They marveled and they said, how soon is the fig tree withered away? They marveled, marveled. Do you remember more than once Jesus said, marvel not? Do you know that what you are marveling at, you are not close to doing? What you are marveling at, you are not close to having. But when your faith is getting there to having it, you don't marvel. Doesn't mean you're not thankful for it. Yeah, you're still thankful and give God all the glory, but you don't look at it like, Whoa. Somebody says, man, so-and-so, you know, prayed for so-and-so, and a tumor dried up and went away. And you go, whoa, what? It did what? Their ear opened up. <gasps> what do you just got through telling us? My faith is nowhere near there. I'm not even remotely close to seeing like that in my, something like that in my life. So-and-so just got a $3 million house. 
And you go, whoa, a what? You mean Joe and them? Betty and them? Got a three million? Three million dollar house? What did you just get through telling us? You're not in the same county with them. Faith-wise. You're not even remotely there. Because you're marveling at it. Now, am I just making this up, or what does this say? What did he say to them? They are marveling about this. And what does he say to them next? Hmm? Jesus said to them, listen. Verily, I say to you that if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree, but also if you would say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, it shall be done, we could say, for you. There's a whole lot of you in that verse. Is he telling them, did he tell them they could have done what he just did? Just as plainly as you can say it. If you'd believe. If you'd have faith and not doubt. He said you could do that. And not only do that, but you could do this. Oh my, my. Traditional, unbiblical religion. Has all, you know, century after century, put God, put Jesus, put the things of God in a place completely unattainable to the mere mortal man. And that God was so high and holy that he couldn't even relate to us. Being base and foul and full of sin and full of failure. But that's not reality in God. God, Ever since man fell, God was working to restore us to that place of closeness with him. He had a plan before it ever happened. And he worked that plan and he brought it to pass. And Jesus came and showed us how a man could walk in the earth. Didn't he? Total victory. No fear, no sin, no failure. And he didn't do it. Why would he come and do that and say, now eat your heart out? Because what I am, you can never be. Then why do it? No, everything Jesus did as he walked in his ministry and his life for those years, he's showing us how to do it. And he's saying, this is how you do it. Now, come on, do it. This is how you do this. You do it now. You do it. Didn't he say, if you believe on me, the works I do, you will do also. And greater works than these shall you do. That's what he just got through saying here. He said, yeah, I spoke to that tree. He said, but not only could you do that, but you could do a greater work. You could move that mountain. And notice that he wasn't threatened, wouldn't have been threatened by their success. Are you kidding? 
But you know, some people have almost implied that, well, no, I mean, you couldn't speak to things and them happen, and you couldn't decree miracles and it happened. I mean, you'd be taken away from the Lord. Oh, no, you wouldn't. He's very secure. There's a lot more there than you might think. People, that's what people have tried to imply that's why we shouldn't be too rich, we shouldn't be too powerful, we shouldn't be too, why? Because we just kind of, the, the implication is that you kind of take away from the Lord, you kind of steal his thunder, sort of. <laughs> then you have a poor estimation of the Lord then. We are supposed to be ourselves. We are supposed to be glorious. We're supposed to be so powerful, so wise, so wealthy, so healthy, so strong, till people, especially people that don't know God, look at us and go, wow, man, you're something. And you say, you think I'm something? You ought to see my master. You, you ought to see Jesus. It's not the more beat down and sick and broke we are that gives God glory. It actually is a bad reflection on our shepherd. The condition of the flock is a direct reflection on the shepherd. Think about that. So is he saying that they could do what he did? How about us? Are we his disciples too? Is this written to us? How many believe that this Matthew 21, 21 is God talking to me? Do you take it like that? Yeah. Now back to Mark. Thanks be unto God. We can walk like Jesus. We can have prayer life just like Jesus. Amen. We can resist sin like he did and not give in. If you haven't been with us on uh, Friday nights, you uh, miss some good preaching. (laughs) I was thinking about my grandmother who's in heaven. Good cook. Among other things. And you know, old-fashioned cooking. You know, none of this open a pack and add water stuff. I mean, you know, you start from scratch. You pull out the flour and the eggs and, you know. And uh, she'd made one of her dishes was uh, dumplings, some kind of a... Ham dumplings, I think it was. And, uh, she, you know, things simmer half a day, and she'd go, mm-mm. She said, that is good if I did make it myself. <laughs> and she's right. Mark 11, are you there? Verse uh, 22, have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, so who does this work for? Just preachers? No. Whosoever shall say. How many believe our little children should be taught this? I mean, as soon as they can say. They should be taught the value of their words. And how to handle situations. And not just be beggars, but be believers. Who speak and change their surroundings and their circumstances through faith-filled words and I'm telling you what they get results it's happening with our children they because they haven't had decades of unbelief to defile them yet 
And they just in their simplicity and childlike faith, they just expect it to happen when they say it. And it does. Glory to God. And uh, he said, if you'll say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So we believe in the principle of believing in your heart and saying with your mouth, that's how we got born again. And that's how everything in the kingdom of God works. It's sad that people believe that, but for some reason they think it stops then. Well, no, the same way you got in the kingdom is the way you operate in the kingdom. Every day. It's the way God himself operates. He conceives something, and through faith he speaks it, and he says, light be, and it becomes. That's the way he has always operated, and he's not going to change because there's no better way. It's perfection. And that's, we are his children. And we are to be imitators of God as dear children. And so we don't rule over all the known universe, but you're supposed to rule in your life and speak words of faith. But notice, somebody said, well, are you saying you just say it and it happens? No, that's not what he said. What did he say? That if you would say it. What else? Look at it. You say it, and then what? Shall not doubt doubt in his heart. Well, would that be automatic? Could you doubt in your heart? Well, why would he say it if it wasn't a big issue? Shall not doubt in your heart, but believe. We could also say in your heart. Romans 10.10 says, with the heart man believes. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe in your heart that what you say comes to pass, you'll have what you say. So he didn't just say, you'll have what you say. You've got to believe that what you say is coming to pass and not doubt it. So that answers a lot of questions right there. Somebody says, well, I said that I was going to have $3 billion by the end of the week, but it didn't happen. Well, he didn't say you'd have everything you said. Well, I said I was going to have four Cadillacs by the end of the year, and I ain't got a one. So see, it don't work. Now, you know, that's real ignorance. To just haul off and say something Jesus said doesn't work. And yet you got a whole lot of people like that. Well, that healing's not for everybody. Why? Because they didn't receive a healing. Well, no, that prosperity's not for everybody. Why? Because they're still broke. Well, no, that's just like saying being born again is not for everybody because there are people it's not. People not being born again does not prove the will of God. What it proves is the will of men. Are there people not born again today? Yeah, a bunch of them, too many of them. Is it God's will that they not be born again? Now see, you have people saying, well, I just believe now, preacher, that God is sovereign. And nothing happens but what it is His will. Then you're telling me that all these lost people is His will. Because it's happening. No, that's contrary to plain Scripture. The Bible said, He is not willing that any should perish. Are there people perishing? Yeah, then there are things happening in the earth that's not the will of God. 
And if he would allow something that's this serious, we're talking about eternity, that's not the will of God, he would certainly allow lesser important things. That's not the will of God. There's all kind of things happening that's not the will of God, that don't please God. Doesn't prove it that was his will, it proves man has a will. Now here he says, if you'll say it, and not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say comes to pass, you will have what you say. Do we really believe that? Hmm? Man, we need to meditate on this and think about it. I know we've heard it before, but is it really true? Come on, you're going to have to help me with this a little more now. Is it really true that if I say, I call every debt paid and not doubt it, but believe that what I say comes to pass, that in short order, every debt would be paid off. Is that true? It's happening in here. We've got testimonies all over the place. Is it true? That you could say to your body, blood pressure, come down and be normal. And not doubt in your heart. But believe that what you said would come to pass. Is it true, according to the words of the master, that your blood pressure would come down and be normal? Is that true? Can we live like that in every area of life? Phyllis was talking about, uh, you know, losing excess weight. And most people, you know, the vast majority of everybody that has any problems in this area, their biggest problem is right under their nose. It's their mouth. And yeah, I know that's where the extra food goes in. And that can be a problem too, but that's not even the biggest problem. The biggest problem is what's coming out of the mouth. You ever heard people joke about it? Man, I tell you, I can just look at that pie and gain three pounds. Why would you say such a thing? Well, it's my metabolism. It is just so slow. I don't know what it is, but I just have a slow metabolism. Well, you believe it in your heart. You say it with your mouth. And don't doubt. But believe that you have a slow metabolism. That alone would be enough reason and cause for you to have a a turtle slow. But what if you said, I have a forest fire metabolism. I have to eat extra just to maintain my weight. Boy, that's a difference now, isn't it? And you got Christians, Christians going, man, it's just hard. It's just hard to make ends meet. Seem like I get ahead a step and get knocked back too. You get one thing paid off and it breaks. And it just seemed like, man, money just goes quicker than we can do anything. To, and they teach their kids that. And that kid wants something and go, boy, you think money grows on trees? And teaching the children poverty mentality and lack mentality. Well, what if you said it out loud 
I have more money than I possibly need. I have to pray and see what God wants me to do with all this extra money. Did you hear how weak that was? That's because people don't believe that. They're like, well, that's, that just ain't reality. Well, your reality and your mouth are connected. And you can change. Oh, this is what's so wonderful. You can, you know, he says the rudder can turn that huge ship. The bridle and bit can turn that big horse and that tongue can turn your life around. I've tried to get free, but I'm addicted. I'm addicted. I have this addiction. I have this driving thing. I can't. It runs me. It controls me. I can't. And as long as you believe it and say it, it will dominate you. But you have been delivered from all the power of darkness. And if you begin to confess, I'm free. I, no matter how bound up you felt, begin to say, I am free from all of these things and none of these things can bind me and hold me down. I'm free in Jesus' name. And if you didn't doubt it in your heart, but believe that what you said was coming to pass, what did Jesus say would happen? You would have, you would experience it in your life. What you said. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans 4. Romans 4. Romans 4 is talking about Abraham. The great example of a man who believed God. He's held up as one of the greatest examples of faith in the whole Bible. A father of believing A father of faith. And we see it's kind of summed up in this Romans 4 and 19. Well, it says, you know, that he acted like God in verse 17. And he called those things that be not as though they were. When you're calling something, you're saying something, right? And he believed even when there was no reason to expect. He kept on expecting because of his faith. And verse 19, being not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead when he is about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And that is faith. That's how you do it. How many understand that, you know, it wouldn't be too far out of line to, in the dictionary, have Abraham's picture by the word faith, right? And go, that's how you do it, right there. He's held up for all time as an example of faith. Now, let's go over this again. What did he do? He considered not, and so he staggered not. We talked about this before. Now this word stagger is exactly the same Greek word that's translated doubt in Mark eleven twenty three. You could use them interchangeably. If you'll say and not stagger, it's also translated in James 1, waver. And we said, what does the word doubt literally mean? Well, 
D-O-U-B is the same first letters as double. And that's what it means, literally, to stand in two ways. Two, dewy, double, two. Two ways. And it has to do with looking at this and looking at this, trying to look at two things at the same time. You can't. You got to choose one. Right? And to be in faith, you got to be single-minded. You can't look at by his stripes, I'm healed, and the negative report. You can't look at with long life, he'll satisfy me, and how this is the last stage of this disease, and it's hopeless, and everybody that gets here dies. You can't look at both of those and be in faith. You got to pick one. Abraham could not hear... I've made you the father of many nations and then look at his old body and Sarah's old body and her barrenness since she was a young woman. He couldn't look at both of those. He couldn't consider. He couldn't stand in two ways and get the results. He had to make a decision. This is what God has said. So this doesn't matter. Oh, come on with me now. Once you have found what God has said on the subject, you are not to consider any other thing. Now see, we live in a confused generation. A society that is educated. Did you hear me? And people think that a sign of intelligence is the ability to quote And consider all the myriad different positions. Don't they? They do. They think that's a sign of intelligence. There are a lot of dumb people that think a sign of intelligence is how complex of a question you can ask. Well, let me ask you this. And ask this barbed wire entanglement of a question and look at you like now answer that (laughs) and that proves how smart you are did it occur to you that you don't have an answer so you can ask a question what does that prove nothing means you don't know the answer We don't need a bunch of people with big vocabularies asking questions we need somebody that knows an answer And he's sure about it. Right? That means you. Your family needs you to be sure about something. And when you've heard from God, that should be the end of entertaining other ideas. Once you've heard from him, that should be it. And with Abraham, once he got the word of God, he considered not. And because he considered not, he staggered or wavered or doubted not but you know remind yourself of it again what did he do he was strong in faith that's where we're called to be now let me say it again we've said it and repeated it and repeated it but it's so important why are people confused why are they because they're considering something they shouldn't be. Don't care if it's you or me, whoever it is. Why are people unsettled? 
People are unsettled because they're undecided. People are confused because they're considering something they shouldn't be. Abraham wasn't considering his own body. He wasn't considering Sarah's body. He waxed strong, didn't waver. And I, it blesses me that God would record this this way. Because Abraham was also a famous doubter. Uh Uh-huh. Go on to Hebrews 11. (laughs) Hebrews 11. How many know what Hebrews 11 is? It's the great hall of fame of faith. You don't get in here by being a doubter. You get in here because you believe God above others. And you got the results. And you glorified God. Abraham's in here. So is Sarah. In Hebrews 11 and verse 8. By faith Abraham. When he was called to go out to a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance. He obeyed. And he went out. Not knowing where he went. Somebody say faith. 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 By faith he, that's Abraham, sojourned in the land of promises in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he, Abraham, he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Skip down to verse 17. By faith, Abraham. Somebody say, by faith. Abraham. I mean, his name is synonymous with faith. But did you know that the Bible records him as doubting? Big time? Getting funny looks all across the crowd. I see we're going to have to read our Old Testament. And we will. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called. Abraham was accounting that God was able to raise that boy from the dead. From whence he received him in the figure, in the spirit, he did. That's why he didn't have to go through with it. Because God already saw his heart. In his heart, it was done. He had already believed for God to raise the boy up before he ever put the knife in him. He believed for a resurrection. This is covenant. He offered his only begotten son of him and Sarah and his, the love of his life to his covenant partner God and believed for him to be raised from the dead, giving God the legal right in the earth to give his only begotten son and believe for him to be raised from the dead. Covenant. Which shows you, so much, well, God could have done it without that. Well, why didn't he? No, he works with us. And covenant, we have to have our part of it. We have to do our part. And it gives him the legal right. Now, uh, back up to verse 11. Through faith also who? Now, this is not Sarah mentioned with Abraham. This is not Sarah scotching for Abraham. You know what scotching means? I mean, 
She's helping him. No. Sarah has her own verse. <laughs> in Hebrews 11. Hmm? I mean, it is so glaringly obvious. Notice the wording of it. Through faith, also, what does also mean? In addition to, besides, besides what? Abraham. He's just talking about Abraham. And it says, Sarah also, what? Herself. I mean, it just, it's, that's why I say it's so obvious. The Lord is saying, Sarah, apart from Abraham, herself, received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age and she did it because she judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah herself. Did you know Sarah is also recorded as having doubted? And yet there's no mention of it here. Because that's how God is. That's how your record's going to read too. <laughs> yeah, all that having a bad day stuff and that wavering and wondering and asking dumb questions is not going to show up in your eternal record. Isn't God good? That's just how he is. If you'd never read Genesis, you'd just read this and go, ooh, Abraham and Sarah. Almost not human. Oh no. They were human. But to read this, you would just go, ooh. And of course, remember about marveling, right? What would that mean? That means you are not close to doing it. Go back to Genesis. Go back to Genesis, the 15th chapter. Let's talk about this. This series is called Without. A doubt. When you think about without a doubt, you think about people like Abraham. A man who was fully persuaded. Who considered not, staggered not, fully persuaded, gave glory to God. But there was a time when the man had a doubt. Don't be afraid to agree with me. It's right here in the Bible. We're going to read about it. Hmm? Genesis 15, Abraham, man of faith, father of faith, picture in the dictionary. (laughs) Well, the reason why, you know, people are so quiet about this is because when you think of Abraham, you don't think doubt. You don't. But it's recorded that he did. Genesis 15 and 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He said, fear not, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Did you know Abraham believed in prosperity? Big time. Material prosperity. Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And behold, to me you've given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. He said, well, yeah, God, you made me rich. That's true. I'm rich, rich, rich. I got all this money, but I hadn't got a child. Now I'm getting old. 
And I'm going to have to leave all this wealth to an employee. I don't have anybody to carry my name on. And the Lord said, the word of the Lord came to him and said, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels, your own insides, shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and he said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your seed be. And verse 6, what does it say? Verse 6, what? Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Glory to God. Now that's what Romans 4 is talking about. Isn't it? He believed. God told him he's the father of many nations and he believed it. But this something happened after this. In the 16th chapter, Sarah, this is verse 1, Sarah, Abraham's wife, bore him no children. She had a handmaid, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abraham, behold, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. No, he hadn't. He's planning on her bearing all along. But I pray you, go in to my maid, have relations with her. It may be. Now you gotta watch out. For it may be. Does that sound like somebody's heard from the Lord? It may be. That sounds like goes right along with that. Well, (laughs) you just never know what God's gonna do. It may be. That he'd do this. And it may be. And this is one thing where we really radically differ. From a lot of other church going people. Let me explain it to you further. A whole lot of people say well Lord your will be done. And then make no effort to be led. And just believe that whatever happens was the will of God. Millions of Christians live like this, don't they? Well, Lord, you know, direct us, but make no effort to be personally led. And just any and everything that happens, well, that must have been the will of God. Look how, you know, that must have been, that must have been. No, you're not supposed to just try to find out about everything after the fact. We're supposed to be led moment by moment by the Spirit of God, by the inward witness. By the anointing. And if you don't know how, it's one of the most important things you could ever learn in your life. Get a hold of good materials on it and study the word on it and begin practicing and learning how to be led right now. Right now. Right now. It can save your life today. Few things more important than learning how to be led. Now, uh, she said it may be. It may be. That uh, I'll get children that way. And uh, Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Then that produced Ishmael. And immediately later on when the promise came and Isaac was born. There was friction and enmity between Ishmael and uh, Isaac. And what about today? Did this. It may be. Have any effect on the world. Do you think they had any idea. 
what you and I and the world of 2006 would be looking at because of, well, maybe this will be the way God does it. We'll try that. Well, maybe we'll do this. Maybe this. And see, people have that mentality. Let's just throw out a thousand prayers and maybe one of them God will like. Well, let's just do this and do this and believe that somewhere in there God will lead us. We're not dumb cattle. We are intelligent beings created in the likeness and image of God. And he intends to talk with us and hold our hand and take us every step of the way and order our very steps and thoughts and all of our decisions and workings and doings and movings. That we live in him. And move and have our being in him. Every breath, every thought. So they did it. Now uh, chapter 17. Abram was 99 years old. God appeared to him. He said, I'm the Lord. I'm almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. I'll make my covenant between me and you. Multiply you exceedingly. Abraham fell on his face. God talked with him. And uh, he told him about him having a, a child and how that they were to be circumcised. Of course, at this time, Abraham feels like he's already got a child. So I'm sure he's thinking about circumcising Ishmael. And verse 15, and God said to Abram, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give you a son also of her. Yes, and I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations, just like you a father of nations. And kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for right righteousness. Huh? Uh-uh. Abraham, are you with me? Genesis 17, 17. Abraham, this is the man in Romans 4. This is the man in Hebrews 11. The man with his picture by the word faith in the dictionary. This is him. And he did what? He fell on his face in front of God. He laughed in God's face. He fell on his face. I mean, the man fell out laughing. He didn't just go, ha, ha, ha. He laughed. He fell out in the floor laughing. And he didn't say it out loud, but God heard it. How many of God hears what you say inside you? He said it in his heart, but God heard it just like he opened his mouth. Shall a child be born Unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? He laughed. What's the word I'm looking for? Incred. How do you say that? In. Yeah, but it was the illity. How you say that? Yeah, you're not doing too good either on that. <laughs> he was incredulous. You know, we use these words incredible. That's not a good word for believers to use. Incredible. If you look it up, it means unbelievable. Not to be believed. Not trustworthy. 
not reliable. And he was incredulous. He thought it was an incredible thing that him, a hundred years old, and Sarah, 90 years old, were going to have a baby. He just thought that was too funny. Did he doubt here? Oh, yeah. Big time. Now, before we go further, did the story end here? No. No. I'm taking some extra time, but listen, guys. Is it possible to blow it, to waver, huh? to say some dumb stuff, hmm? to talk some unbelief, and to still, oh, come on, to still get it together later and get back on track and wind up in Hebrews 11, where nothing is mentioned about any laughing. If you just read Hebrews 11, you'd never imagine this. You'd just go, ooh, that Abraham. He's a faith man. Whoo, faith. Faith, brother, I'm talking about faith. You don't see him <laughs> laughing in God's face about what he told him. Then that wasn't the end of it. He, when he gets through laughing, he says, oh, God, that Ishmael. Would live before you. We, we already got a boy. <laughs> Unbelief. Doubt. And God said. Sarah your wife. Will bear you a son indeed. He's already got a name. He wasn't conceived yet. You'll call his name. Isaac. I'm going to establish my covenant with him. For an everlasting covenant. And with his seed after him. And he went on to say something about Ishmael. He said, verse 21, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac and Sarah shall bear to you at this set time. He said, I got a date for the delivery. Oh, come on now. And here's the man laughing, laughing in God's face. He said, well, he said, the boy's already got a name and his delivery is already on the calendar. (laughs) Right? And verse 22, and I think it's significant that he says, and he left off talking with him. God went up from Abraham. Sounds like the conversation got cut short that day. (laughs) Right? Because we know from reading the scripture that hardness of heart and being slow to believe and unbelief grieves the Lord. We read that and studied that earlier. Grieves him. So when he laughed and laughed and laughed and said, well, yeah, what about Ishmael? We got Ishmael. He said, look, the boy's name's going to be Isaac. He's going to be coming here at the set time. And this is what's going to happen with the covenant. And this is what's going to happen with the covenant. And bye. (laughs) Right? Now, the reason I say that is what do you think after God saying that and in his presence leaving, what happened with Abraham? We know something changed in the man because he's in Hebrews 11. How did it happen? What changed? Man, this is good news because no matter how dumb and unbelieving you have been, you can change. Can't you? Go to Genesis 18. Let me tell you this too. 18. The Lord came by. 
And Abraham was very hospitable, invited uh, the angel of the Lord in, and they made him a meal. And he's talking to him. In verse 9, they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? He said, well, look, she's in the tent. He said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. And now Abraham and Sarah were old. Well, a hundred years is old. And well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. That means she's gone through the change of life. Therefore, because, see therefore is there because of them being so old and her already going through the change of life. Sarah laughed, notice again, within herself. She didn't even laugh out loud. And God heard that. How many know anything you do inside? He knows. He hears. And she said, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? So she just thinks that's ridiculous. <laughs> she got to try and to imagine it. And she thought, that is a joke. <laughs> that me and Abraham's going to have a baby. And she just laughed inside herself. No sound on the outside. And the Lord said to Abraham. He didn't even address her. He said to Abraham. Why did Sarah laugh? See ain't nobody heard a laugh. Except the Lord. He said why did she laugh? Saying shall I have a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? He said, at the time appointed, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah spoke up, and she denied. She said, I laughed not. I didn't laugh. Now she's done gone to lying. She's probably trying to be technical. How many know a technical lie is a lie? Well, no, 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 no. Technically, I didn't laugh. <laughs> yeah, technically you did. If God says you laughed, you laughed. Because she didn't say it trying to be honest. She said it because she's scared. But reading Hebrews 11, you'd never think that. It just says, Sarah herself, by faith, received strength. To conceive a child when she was past age. And we all go, whoo, that's faith, man. But here she is, doubting, laughing, lying. <laughs> what other greater examples of faith are there than Abraham, Sarah, and yet we see they had some moments, didn't they? Oh, but the reason I bring it up today is because God is a gracious God. He's a kind, merciful, forgiving God. And we talked about this before, but this is exactly what happened. What happened with Sarah? They got up, they left, and she's left to herself to sit there in the tent and think about what just happened. And she realized, I don't think it took her too long, realized, man, I messed up. 
I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have laughed. And then I sure shouldn't have said I didn't laugh. <laughs> right? And what happened? What did the Bible say? She judged God faithful. Hebrews 11. So we know the conclusion she came to. She's sitting in that tent and got to thinking about it. And she, now here's the thing. People say, I can't believe we already talked about it. That's not true. It's a choice. It's a choice. And they might have said, I can't believe that as old as we are, this is going to happen. No, they made the choice. And they said, I don't care what I see. And I don't care how far-fetched it sounds and seems or how incredible other people might say it is. I choose to believe God. Judged him faithful. And when they did, his body started to change. Her body started to change. And they kept changing and kept changing and kept changing. Something miraculous happened to her. She got so good looking that kings wanted her in her harem. After that, something miraculous happened to her. Can God renew your youth? Oh, come on. Can he renew your youth? He did. Doesn't happen for doubters. And people that laughed and made fun have got to quit laughing, quit making fun, and start believing. I said, start believing, and that's us. Stand on your feet, please. Said out loud, Father God, forgive me for laughing, marveling, doubting, asking dumb questions. Thank you. That you're a merciful God. And no matter what I have said and done. In the past. This day. I choose. To believe you. And not doubt. Not waver. I consider not. All the contradictions. I'm fully persuaded. And I call you. Faithful, 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 I trust you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.